0: Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Like a lot of folks don't know what Advent really is is, or like sometimes folks think that Advent is like what happens between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like it starts on Black Friday, I guess, and then it just keeps going. The church season is inaugurated by massive consumerism. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, that's understandable because uh, for folks who grew up in an American context, that's kind of how it was talked about. But actually, Advent is an ancient ritual of preparation. Advent is an ancient ritual of preparation that's been going on at least 1,500 to 1,700 years. And the reason why they started Advent initially is because um, you know a lot of people were converting to Christianity, and a lot of people, um, uh, traditionally, um, the only day to get baptized was Easter. But so many people were getting baptized that they're like, okay, we really got to like, expand our options a little bit like we need more days so that we can baptize people that are still significant and so they looked at christmas and said, what if, um, just like Easter is uh, recognizing the resurrection of Jesus, and Lent is the season leading up to that resurrection, what if Christmas had a season leading up to it that's kind of our preparation for that so that people can get baptized on Christmas? And so Advent is like a super duper ancient practice of people preparing for, um, for this new expression of faith through baptism. But something that I want to note is, like, in the ancient understanding, Christmas was, of course, about, like, baby Jesus and the manger and the cute little, his little hands and his little uh, cheeks. Uh, But, like, really, Advent was always about not only the incarnation of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, but also about the second coming of Jesus, the second arrival of Jesus. So, um for those of you who are new to Christianity and you're like, wait, wait, what? (laughs) It's like, the idea is that theologically, um, Jesus was a person who was alive, lived like 30-some years, (laughs) and then um, was crucified, died, resurrected. And then he was like, hey, I'm going to like, come back and God is going to transform the world into something that is like beautiful and rich and abundant and just. And so Christians for the past 2,000 years have been like, okay, we are keeping our eyes trained towards not only like how God is meeting us in the present, like how we encounter the spirit and the sacred moments in our lives, but how we can prepare for a new world. Like Christians have always been a revolutionary people because Christians have always been challenged to Imagine a world that is fundamentally different by being like so abundant and just and whole where everyone's needs can be met where every tear is dried it talks about in the scripture where the streets are paved with gold and, and there's music like that's that's what that's the earth that that god longs for in our current existence and like that's what christians are trying to prep for. And so Advent is a season of preparation, but not just like preparing to give each other gifts or to put up lights. Advent is how you prepare yourself for the new world. Advent is about how you become a revolutionary for love. Advent is how you you look at your life honestly and in community and say, what are ways that I can sneak in a little bit more hope into my life? What are ways that I can sneak in a little bit more joy? Because unless I lean into this, like, hope, joy, love, that kind of, like, God birth stuff that I'm never going to be able to, like, imagine this world that God so wants for this world, and that's what Advent is all about, um, and so that's, that's what we're going to be taking this next season for. Um, something else that um, so a lot of folks might not know is that Advent, um, our, our Advent devotional, for example, will continue until Epiphany? Uh, snaps, if you know what Epiphany is, it's like, a, a, it's like when we recognize the three wise men or the three folks like bringing the gifts, um, that's Epiphany. And so like technically the Advent season extends through Epiphany. It's a, it's a very significant holiday, especially in Central and South America. And so, um, so this is kind of our, our preparation season, and we're doing it together as a community because this is the type of work that you can't just do by yourself. Um, like there's no one player mode in Christianity. <laughs> if you're going to be a Christian, like, it, it's, like a, it's a multiplayer situation. Speaking of multiplayer, um, so I was, um, uh, you know, like a lot of people, uh, I'm fully vaccinated my boyfriend's fully vaccinated and we're like, do you wanna like have someone over, like into our space where we breathe? <laughs> and I was like, do you wanna? And we're like, I think, I think, I think, Okay, we're going to try this because we're going to remember how to do this. And I just like okay, so admittedly, um hospitality is not my most intuitive spiritual gift. Okay. Um, I like, for those of you who remember the early days of planting new city church, I burned a lot of lasagna uh, (laughs) while people were sitting idle in my living room. Like hospitality is not always how I intuitively think. And especially after the pandemic, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And so I just kind of went around and was like, what, what do you do to be hospitable? Like, and so I started like, dusting, like, the insides of drawers and, like, looking around, like, I don't, I don't know, like, cleaning the bottoms of the shoes in our apartment, and, uh, like, Brian, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this. Like, how do you people again? Like, does anyone remember how to, like, interact with humans in, like, a, like, an ongoing, like, conversational way, not just, like, like, trying to avoid people in Trader Joe's with your cart? Um, and I was like, how do you, so how do you, how do you people again? And, um, Brian, who is more spiritually gifted in hospitality, was like, um, Tyler, as he like slowly was like, just put down the shoes. You don't need to, you don't need to clean the bottom of the shoes. Don't need to dust anymore. Um, all you need to do to be hospitable, uh, it's very simple, Tyler, to be hospitable, you just have to think like the person who will be coming here soon and then just kind of like anticipate their experience like anticipate their needs when they walk in the door like what are things that people need when they walk in the door when when you're like kind of in someone else's house like uh, what do you want to be invited to do like probably just sit and to have a beverage so we're going to just have seating available and a beverage available and we just kind of gamed out like Okay, thinking about these, this person who's coming to part, our apartment, what are what are the things that they would most want to see in the apartment? Or what are the needs that they might have so that we can anticipate them ahead of time and have them ready? And that's what hospitality is. And I was like, wow, that's so much easier than... Whatever it was that I was doing, <laughs> like I just thought that was so helpful and so applicable to this season of advent, which is like this season where we're trying to be hospitable to the coming of Christ, hospitable to the birth of Jesus, but also this, like, this new world that is emerging. We're trying to be hospitable to the revolution. and 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 when we think about Jesus coming, it's like, uh, what are the what are the kind of things that Jesus would be looking for in the world? You know, it's like trying to do that hospitable thing of like, well, what is it that God so deeply longs for in the world? And and we have a bunch of clues in a book called the Bible. And <laughs> so if we look at, for example, Luke four eighteen, Jesus is reading from the book of Isaiah, and he says, um, "The spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach." Good news to the poor, uh-huh, uh, to proclaim release to the prisoners, uh-huh, and recover your sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed. So, like, in this season of hospitality, if we're like, okay, like, uh, we want this new world, we want a world that is just and whole, Jesus is like, okay, so the way to be hospitable to that is to, da 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 proclaim good news to people who are poor, and to like free people who are captive and to uh, to participate in solidarity for the liberation of the oppressed that's like the Jesus equivalent of like making sure there's seating and a good drink. Like this is like how we show hospitality to God in the world. In other words, if we do some of these things, then the Holy Spirit will be able to like move in a little more powerfully or different way than if we didn't. And that's the work of being a person of faith. Is is I'm trying to show up to the world in such a way that like my actions and my words and my beliefs can all reflect these commitments to make a hospitable space for God. Um, And and part of the work of being a person of faith, because it's really, it's a lot of work to be a person of faith. It's like intentionally, like the systems of oppression and domination and hatred intentionally make it hard to be liberative, right? Like if it was easy to overthrow systems, then that's not a very domination system so like you know it's it's, it takes work to show up for justice it takes work to participate in the liberation of the oppressed and um and eventually what i find with participating in social justice circles with community organizing circles is that um you have to cultivate kind of like a like a hunger for the world that is to come you have to cultivate this like deep desire that's like more than just like gosh wouldn't it be nice if Um, there wasn't poverty in the world. Wouldn't it be nice if every kid was able to go to bed with food in their bellies? Like, it's not just like, uh, hmm, what an intellectual thought. The point of faith is that we're we're teaching our bodies to feel hungry for, to, to like want on a visceral level to be like, I'm waking up already thinking about this. I'm going to sleep thinking about this. Like I, when I'm moving in my space, I'm trying to look out for justice. And that doesn't mean that you have to like overburden yourself or just like do the most or be extra. I'm, I'm saying like the same way that your body tells you when you want water and then you go drink water is what your soul tells you about justice like your soul through the practice of faith just eventually is like this is the world that i want and i want and i want it so badly that i'm going to just keep sending you cues until like we see a little bit more justice and that's like the root of real joy that's that's the cause of real peace when we can see how the deep longings of our soul are translating into a transformed world. Um, so that's how we become hospitable for Jesus. That's how. That's what this season is about. Is kind of stoking this this cause for justice. And I also want to name like um, you know Allah, Adra Lord. Um, there's uh, and and other. Um, I can't say the exact quote so I'm not going to butcher it but like self-care is also part of the revolution right like sleeping also part of being a great host right <laughs> like sleep the night before so that you can host the next day right like taking time away connecting with what's important uh, like all of these are also parts of the revolution right like it's a lot of work to be a person of faith but it's it's the kind of work that's like it's a lot of work to plan a vacation. It's a lot of work to, to like make sure there's a, there's enough food in the fridge so that you feel fully nourished. But it's not like extraction, it's effort. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like I'm saying you have to be a person of faith, and that means just like grind yourself into the ground, and if you don't, then you don't love Jesus enough. Like <laughs> I'm saying like, um in any ecosystem you kind of have to intentionally set things up so that life can pour into life and that you can you can be abundant and full and some of that the nature of that work is sleeping and resting and having great food and meaningful relationships and some of that work is justice out in the world and creating good policy and housing and uh healthcare and those are just like different scales of the same vector. <laughs> like like justice for yourself and justice for the world are just the same thing on different, applying to different numbers of people. That's the world that we're trying to create. And so when you look at like the news or when you are out in, in the world this week in, in your job, you can be thinking about like, what are ways that I can proclaim good news to the poor? Or like, what are ways that good news to the poor is already being proclaimed that I can kind of, celebrate and and bring attention to? What are ways that that I can participate in making people a little less imprisoned? And so, like, we can say, God, prepare my heart for this Advent season. Even when we look at the the news that happened this week, like, y'all, so much news happened this week in terms of racial justice. Here are just three. But yeah, um, like, so many things happened this week. So, like, um, tribes, of course, mourning indigenous genocide uh, on the day of Thanksgiving. Uh, Twelve to thirteen million indigenous people were decimated uh, in the colonization genocide in the, in the foundings of the U.S. and the Americas. And like, that is cause for mourn, especially because like it's not taught as genocide in schools. And so Advent is like putting up lights and baking cookies, but it's also like, wait, so how do we relate to Thanksgiving in a way that shows a little bit more, like, release to the captives and good news to the poor? And I think it just begs the kind of this, like, prophetic witness of, like, just because it's always been this way doesn't mean that God wants it that way. And, like, that's the prophetic, like, joy that we get from Advent is, like, wait a second, I can look at this and say, um, and, and not be just satisfied with systems of oppression and, and histories of oppressions, I can say, like, God is creating a new story, and Advent is proof that that's the case. Advent is proof that we can live into a new story, and that's, like, good news. And, and that means that even things like Thanksgiving can be remembered and held in a different way. Um, also, this week, the the folks who shot Ahmad Arbery were convicted. They were found guilty. This is especially interesting on the on the um, on the heels of Rittenhouse being found innocent a week ago. If you uh, didn't catch that uh, worship service, it's in our worship archive. Just a, a week before, and I think, like you know, in the circles that I'm in, we're talking about like. Of course I'm relieved that they weren't found not guilty. Like, of course I'm relieved that it wasn't not guilty. But also, like, I don't believe that a guilty verdict is the fullness of creating a transformed society it's like the minimum of, of what can be done to even just like have a legitimate system, but that's not going to create, that's not gonna heal generational trauma, that's not going to create the type of transformation, like that's not gonna create like the um, repentance, the, the turning of heart of those convicted men like, what is the systems that we need to set up so that the folks who shot Ahmaud Arbery are, like, on the front lines of social justice are, like, dedicating the rest of their lives for black lives? Like, what are are the systems that we need to create so that, like, people who can't see that lives matter are able to see that lives matter? Like, what what do we gotta do to make that happen? And so I think the Advent invitation is, like, what if a conviction turned into a true transformation? Like, what if we are able to imagine a justice system that, like, creates whole healing in communities. And Advent allows us to live in kind of the the paradox of like, Yes, I am glad that they weren't found not guilty, and I believe that we can do better as a society. And there's proof of that in the coming of Jesus. (laughs) Like there's proof of that in the Advent story. We already had a glimpse of that through the manger. Like that's 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 the proof that we can do this and that God wants us to do it. And and that's like how we live into Advent. Or um, some of you. I heard about um, the Groveland Four were posthumously exonerated. The Groveland Four were um, four 16 to 26-year-old African-American men in Florida who were wrongfully accused of raping a white woman, kind of like continuing this narrative that African-American men are dangerous and uh, white men need to protect their white women from the danger. of. It's representative of so many cultural tropes. And a judge decided to reopen that case and exonerate the, uh, the, uh, the people who were um, convicted of that because th- there was evidence that they were innocent. And I think it's like a huge moment for justice because it uh, creates a legal precedence for judges to be able to reopen cases where people were wrongfully co- convicted. And I'm like, whoa, 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 this kind of feels a little bit like liberation of the oppressed like this kind of feels a little glimpse of this more and if, with an advent posture i can look at this and be like hey wait a second what if god is really doing something here and that's beautiful and, and i think it begs the question of like what if we healed our ancestral traumas like what if we were able to even posthumously create ways for our society to liberate folks and what if we kept doing that so that people are never wrongfully convicted in the first place and don't have to rot in jail in the first place? Like, what if, what if we created this system? And I think that, like, an Advent posture is like, I, I see this as an inbreaking of Jesus. Like, this is, a star is rising over this decision just as much over a manger in Bethlehem because, because God is breaking into the world in this. And so we ask God to prepare our hearts um, so that we can become a people, a community that believe in in a world that is coming, that is beautiful, that is irresistible, that is something that our hearts deeply long for. And And we, you know, relate to the world with all the mess and dumpster fire that's going on in the world as it is, while also keeping a vision of what could be. We're praying a new world into reality. We're trying to find ways for even the most heartbroken places of our society and of our lives to be able to well up with joy, hope, and peace. This is what the practice of worship and prayer and small groups and joining in online and sitting in your pajamas and being with this live stream like all of this is for cultivating a new world and it starts with your life because the good news is that for as much as advent is about preparing space for god to come into our world that god a god of love has already been creating space for you even before you were born, God knew you. Even in the beginning of the universe, the scripture says, God knew you and dreamed of you. And in this world, God said, how can I prepare a space for my child? How can I show love and peace and joy so deeply that they can have an abundant life? How can, how can I set up communities of flourishing? And God created a space for us before we even knew it, before we deserved it, before we worked for it, God made space for our lives. And the funny thing about preparing space for God is we come to realize how much God is abundantly pouring into our lives as well. So blessings for this Advent. Amen.